You can make it your own. That's the last thing I like about it. You can do whatever you want. If you want to get down to labeling your where the soap dispenser goes, you can. If right. you want to get you that take crazy, it to that level, you can. Right. That's why when I say make it your own, that's exactly what I mean. You can push it to whatever level you feel is appropriate. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name's Jason Zenger, and we are back in the saddle. <laughs> Finally back in the studio recording. Um, this is great. We've been releasing IMTS episodes for, I don't know, a while, like 10 weeks. Well, and, I, don't think, I don't think it's been 10. Well, yeah, it's been a while. And, and it was nice to take a little bit of break, but we're we're also very happy to be back. We're very happy to be creating some some new material and, and really just getting back into making chips. I agree. And that's Jim Carr, in case you didn't notice. Yeah. Hi, Jim. And I'm Jim. I'm Jim. I'm the, I'm the co-host of Making Chips. And like Jason said, it has been quite a few weeks since we have been in our home studio. I, for one, was quite excited to come today and sit down, hold that microphone in my hand, and get to share some good manufacturing news with you and some some great experiences that we've been through and it's great to be back it is great to be back and hopefully um the metalworking nation has enjoyed these imts episodes i think there was a lot of good content there during imts we really like just worked our butts off that that whole time i mean it was was a week long yeah we were down in the studio a lot but it was fun i really enjoyed it but now it's back to reality absolutely so can you believe that we are approaching our one hundredth episode that's one zero zero th one hundredth well yeah that, that it is amazing that that is amazing we are getting there we're, we're in like the 90s right now i yeah, think we're this in is the high 92 s- this yeah. is episode number 92 and yeah. we're also yeah i mean i can't believe that we've also had you know a hundred thousand people that have listened to making chips i mean that's crazy i it mean is. when you and i started this we did not have our eye on six figures of people listening to making chips that's nuts how long did you think it was going to go for or didn't you even think you just thought eh, let's let's just do it and see what happens yeah, i just thought let's let's do it and see what happens and you know here we are so anyway and bam yeah we are, we are here we are back and we are ready to start talking to the metalworking nation again so as we always do at the beginning of the show i've got some manufacturing news and guess Excellent. what it's kind of relevant to where we left off before we did all of our IMTS series of shows. Right now, we have a new president-elect. We do. His yeah. name is Donald Trump. And never heard of him. Never heard of him. No, never I heard used of the to, guy. I used to watch uh, his uh, 
show on TV. What well, was it called? actually, yeah, it was called The Apprentice. The and, Apprentice. Well, yeah. and I, I told you this. One of my um, very dear friends was actually on one of the early Apprentice uh, seasons. Before it was Celebrity Apprentice. One of before they had Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, right, right. Um, one of my one of my very um, best friends um, was on The Apprentice, and he actually made it. I think until the fifth or fourth or sixth week. I mean, he made it pretty far. Um, before was he, he on the show? Did he meet he, Donald Trump? He was a contestant. He was on TV. Jim, he made it to like fifth week, the well, fifth week or something. No, the fifth to the last week. Like he was one of the last five people to get booted off of that season. Yeah, he was on the show. Oh, cool. Yeah. What was his name? Michael Langani. Yeah, I don't remember him. I don't. But even... I did watch it. I did watch it even before it was Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, and another fun fact: my wife was actually on reality TV before. We're not going to tell the listeners what that was all about, but Jim knows, and he's laughing right now. But my, my <laughs> so I have one of my best friends that's been on reality TV. My wife has actually been on reality TV before. And you know what? You're not a reality TV guy. <laughs> this is not my thing. Like, no, that's not your. Just brand. being in front of a microphone is not even like really my thing. So this is getting out of my shell. Jim's the guy that likes to be in the spotlight. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so, I, I can do that. I let him do it. I I push yeah, him there, yeah. and then I tell him what to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, Jim could speak for himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been known to do that. But anyway, so this segment of Making Chips is when we talk about manufacturing news. And like I said, all the news that we're getting and consuming nowadays is all about Donald Trump. And although we're not political, we don't talk politics, this article I found today is suspect to manufacturing and it's from the new york times and the headline says trump saved jobs at carrier but more midwest jobs are in jeopardy and we all know what's happened in the last few days where donald trump did save carrier for moving to mexico right um i don't remember and i think that's great first of all oh we we don't know what's behind the deal yet but i think it's amazing that carrier is going to stay here i hope that it wasn't just here's a bunch of tax incentives and we need you know kind of begging and pleading for them to stay i hope that it was and and rightfully it should be five i think it was five percent of their parent company's business comes from the u.s military and i I hope yeah that i think that was part of the leverage i hope that trump went to the parent company a carrier and said that business is in jeopardy under my watch if you guys move these jobs to Mexico, because we are not going to be giving you that business in the future if you move those jobs to Mexico. And I think that that's what he should have told them. Hmm. Well, I, I did not hear that. And thank you for enlightening me. That's uh, good information. But but what this article is about is they're saying, OK, he saved Carrier, but let's not forget that there's a lot of other manufacturing companies out there, too. Like Car Machine and Tool. Like Car Machine and Tool that, I mean... If he can do something to help our our industry come back and be robust again, like it was, you know, pre recession, man, I'd be I'd be I'd be thrilled, and I I better ready myself now. But this is talking about this uh, company in Sellersburg, Indiana, just across the border from Kentucky, is this Manitowoc Food Service. And they're going to be closing a factory and laying off 84 workers because the company is moving production to Mexico. And they were just saying this is about 100 miles away from Carrier. And I think what the the gist of the article is saying is, you know, we can't just say that Trump saved Carrier. There's a whole bunch of companies in the U.S. that he really needs to refocus on 
and industry specific that he needs to help. I think that being a leader, you have to look at specific situations, and then you have to also look at the general kind of holistic situation and say, okay, what do I do about this carrier in order to keep them there? And then what do I, how do I look at the rest of the general manufacturing industry? And I think right. that he's a right. smart enough guy to be able to do that. But I think we need to take a step back and say, okay, great job. You kept Carrier here. These people are going to have jobs. They're going to spend money at restaurants. They're going to spend money at you know retail stores. They're going to spend money on their houses. They're going to do all the things that we want people to do when they're employed here in the United States. Um, but then we also need to say, like, like you said, we need to push him to say, you can't just stop a carrier. And I don't think that he's thinking that I'm going to stop a carrier. I think that he, what he what he's thinking is that I need to do something about the general manufacturing industry. So I'm I'm not going to say who I voted for and it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um on on the on the morning that that I think it was when we vote on Tuesday, mm-hmm. on that Wednesday morning I sent an email to my team and I said, Careful. you know, no, I'll just I'll tell you exactly what I said. I, I'd read it to you if it was in front of me, but that'd take too long. But I sent an email to my team and and I basically said, you know what? I'm whether you're upset or whether you're, you know, high-fiving, you know, your friends about what happened yesterday, that doesn't matter to us as a company. We are going to proceed and we're going to do what we do regardless of of who is in the office. You know what I mean? Like That's we're going not to- what Michael Malley from Grubhub said. Well, I don't even care. Like, I, I honestly, I don't care. These people that want to get really political about stuff, the fact is, is that I, I felt the same way when Obama got into office, and I feel the same way now. I'm not a, I'm not a political guy. I'm not gonna, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I, I, and I'm just gonna lead my company in the direction that I want to go to, regardless of, of who's in the office. Um, well, let let me finish up. I just want to read one paragraph from this article that I think is pretty relevant. It says those 1,000 carrier jobs saved represent just 0.2% of the total manufacturing employment in the state of Indiana. That's big, though. That's 0.2 of, of point the whole... Two. Yeah, but that's still a big yeah. number. I mean, you know what jobs car machine and tool represents in, oh in the state? God, nothing. Well, nothing. yeah, but it's nothing. still... But those people that work for you, it's still very valuable to them. Yes, it is. So, And it says, and despite the rebounds since the aftermath of the Great Recession at just over half a million positions... Factory employment in Indiana this year is still down by more than 20% since 2000. So, you know, we, we still have a long way to go, but I think that we're, I think manufacturing is getting some good PR. I think that our president elect is obviously trying to shine some light on the industry and generally trying to, um, help in yeah. some capacity. Yeah, I agree. I think what I, the direction that I was going into with my um, w- with the last thing that I was saying is that, you know, both the Democrats and the Republicans have been good and bad for manufacturing. I mean, Republicans obviously are good on, you know, tax issue for for small business. And I really appreciate appreciate that. But on the other hand, they're also very big with the globalization of manufacturing. And I think that there was, you know, somebody, um, I think it was somebody that worked for GE at the time that said, you know, manufacturing should be on a boat. You should be able to just ship those jobs wherever you want to. And this is somebody that was taking more of a Republican platform as far as manufacturing jobs. And you and I, we don't want those manufacturing jobs shipped on a boat overseas. But that's been a lot of the Republican platform for a long time. But on the other hand, us as manufacturing leaders, we get behind the Republican platform because we want those favorable tax terms. So 
once again, I I don't I know you are the same way as me. We you and I both we, we don't we're, we don't choose we're pretty aligned. Yeah, we don't choose. I you're I, I don't feel like you're a Republican or a Democrat. I'm, I'm not, not a Republican I'm or a Democrat either. I just want to go with whatever candidate is going to be the best thing for this country at the and time. And I respect who's ever in that position. You need to re- you need to yeah, you need to respect them and you need to pray for them and you need to just have hope that, you know, the country is going to be better. And you also have to lead your company as if either person could be in office because you can't change your plans based on who the president is. At I least agree. not for small businesses like us. Right. right. So anyway, enough of politics, right? Yes, I know. That we just got, wore we me got out. through that one. So Jason, Anything new with business? I mean, we, we we haven't been in front of our mics for a long time. There's a lot happened. I grew a beard. You know, I got some more grays. Yeah. Probably <laughs> lost some more hair, you know. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's for sure. But uh, anything new in business? Because I've got some news that I want to share, Why don't too. you go ahead, then? Well, we're thinking about getting a 5-axis machining center. Nice. Yeah, like soon. Wow, great. Yeah, uh, like hopefully early part uh Q1 2017. Will that, will that be on the high end of um, the machine tools that you've bought before? It will be. Okay. As far as technology. Well, no, I'm, ta- I'm saying as far as investment. It will be. It okay. will be. Yes, it will be on the high end. So, so we'll need some tooling. Okay, great. I, yeah. I'd be happy to Jason's supply you with that. Now. Yeah, exactly. So we, we got to get, get a tooling we package. Gotta get that, yeah, we got a tooling package and we got the vending machine rocking. There you go. <laughs> We'll do that. I know. If Trump's going to turn it around, man, we got to be ready, right? Yeah, you got to be ready. Exactly. So, uh, well, yeah. that's great. I'm uh, excited. How did you make that decision to go for a five-axis machine? Because I know you've always been up to what, like four-axis? Mm-hmm. Well, one of our four axes is starting to fail. Okay. And we thought, well, what are we going to replace it with? Okay. And I know your plan is to replace some of your older machines with, with right. newer ones. You want to so be done with those. I If, if we're going to get something new, why do we want to stay sedentary? Why do we want to send, stay on that same platform? It's all about increasing your technology, you know, so you can help your customers do more and at a, at a lesser price. So what what is driving this decision to go for the, for the 5X machine? Is it your son that's saying technology. we need it? Well, of course he wants it, but I think it'll be good for the company. I think it'll be good for our brand awareness. I think it'll be good uh, to push the company in, in a, a more highly technological platform. And I think it's going to be good for the employees because they're going to see that we're making um, an investment in the in future our, in the future of the company. Yeah. How, how much so, of your competition do you feel has a 5X machine? Uh, not many. Really? Yeah. Most of, most of the um, low-volume job shops don't have them. I would say no. Really? No. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Good for you. You Hopefully, you'll be able to take on some some new jobs. You we'll know, see. Maybe start making some NASA parts or some military parts that or would something be nice. like that. You that know? would be nice. Bring some, be job, bring some jobs to Car Machine, would you, Trump? There you go. I'll, I'll give him a call. You know what? I'll, I'll send him a tweet. He's, re- he's really good about tweeting, right? There you go. <laughs> Tell him you got a five-axis machine. Yeah. You just made an so investment. So am I. <laughs> yeah. Bring some work over my way, Don. So. Oh, you guys are on a shortened first name basis, huh? Yeah, Don. Don. <laughs> it's the Don. Yeah, it is the Don. But uh, I'd like to get on with the show because I have a, a kind of an exciting episode prepared here for today. And it's something that we, we've had on our roster of... Um, things to talk about for quite some time and for whatever reason we we never pursued it and um i saw it today or yesterday when i started preparing for the show and i thought dang this is something that we really need to talk about because i think it's really relevant and what it is jason it's 5s methodology and um we're going to talk a little bit today on 
why your company should have it and how you implement it. But the first thing I want to do is define what 5S is. And 5S is the name of a workplace organization method and that uses a list of five Japanese words translate into English. They all begin with S. Much, and it, this is much like a lean certification. 5S was developed in Japan and it was identified as one of the techniques that enable just-in-time manufacturing. We've all heard just-in-time manufacturing, right? JIT, everyone was talking about. It's another trend. 5S methodology has expanded from manufacturing and is now being applied to a wide variety of industries, including healthcare, education, and government. So with that said, I know a lot of my peers in, in the industry are using it in their facilities now. Yeah, especially the high-volume production machining companies. Exactly. Um, Aaron Weagle, Weagle Toolworks, actually today is their 75th anniversary. Well, Jason and I are going to be heading over there after we're done recording today to uh, go to their gala event. And uh, they have a beautiful 5S methodology that they put in place there. And you, you've been in their facility before. I have, of course. Yeah, and it, it is the epitome of what 5S is all about, and it really gets me excited to talk about it. So those those 5S words are, I'm going to break them down, sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain. Sort is make work easier by eliminating obstacles, reduce chances of being disturbed with unnecessary items, prevent accumulation of unnecessary items. I'm laughing because I can see how all of this in my shop could just completely go away by utilizing just, just these first three. Evaluate necessary items with regard to cost or other factors. Remove all parts or tools that are not in use. Segregate unwanted material from the workplace. Define red tag area to place unnecessary items that cannot immediately be disposed of. And dispose of these items when possible. Need fully skilled supervisor for checking on a regular basis, and waste removal. So when I read all of those sorting S's, immediately I start thinking, because I can, I, you know, I worked on the shop floor for a long time, maybe 20 years, and I have to tell you, I've worked up against other machinists, and some of those guys were just messy. They would have crap all over the benches. They'd have carbide inserts. They'd have cutters. They'd have wrenches. They'd have uh, rags, WD-40 containers, denatured alcohol bottles. I mean, you, they couldn't find anything. With, with sorting, it's all about creating a work environment, a work space that is organized when you use that lead hammer to hit down your part into the vise you put that lead hammer back in the same exact spot on the bench that it came from when you pick up your allen wrenches to tighten the tool in your 
half inch end mill holder, you make sure the Allen wrench goes right back into the to the container and put that set either back in your toolbox or back on the bench. Everything has got a place. Now is that so that is sort, that's not set in order. This is sort. Okay. Because there I could see where there's some overlap between sort and set in order. They kind of work in conjunction with each other. Well, maybe you're right. Did I just throw you off? I'm no, sorry. No, 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 not at all. Okay. Um so so sorting is just having that that work environment, that working space. It's free of waste. It is. It's that, free of unnecessary stuff. It kind of goes back to handle something once. You know what I mean? Don't just like leave stuff lying around because you maybe might use it someday, so you're going to leave it on your toolbox. You know what I mean? Right. Have a place Only to put it. Only pick it up once. Yes. If you're going to pick it up, you don't pick it up and drop it. Pick it up and drop it. Pick it up and drop it. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're programming a CNC to do a job, and you tell the CNC pull a half inch end mill out to do a particular operation. You have it do all the operations that a half-inch end mill can do at that time, then you put it away. If you're having your CNC grab that half-inch end mill out of the turret four or five times during an operation, it's not being very efficient. Absolutely. So that's what it kind of means. And I'll, I've got a story about this that I often share with my own employees. Back when, when I was a young man and I was a bartender, I remember the the trainer that trained me to bartend said, Jim, when, you, when you're making drinks and the servers are all there and you've got 15 drinks to make, review your drink order and every drink that uses vodka, when you lift up that, that vodka bottle, you pour the vodka in the glasses appropriate to all the drinks that require vodka. Likewise with whiskey, likewise with rum, likewise with tequila, whatever the case may be. So you're not putting the you're not lifting the bottle up ten times to make fifteen drinks. It's inefficient. Mm-hmm. That's how I visualize what sorting and setting in order is all about. So number two, set in order. Arrange all necessary items so that they can be easily selected for use. I think we overlapped a little bit. Yeah, so having that place, like one of our past guests, Eric and Heidi Schmidt, I know that you know when I go into their shop, everything that's going to be used on that job for that production has its place. In my business, what what I do, where we install vending machines and tool crib management, they call it foreign objects and debris. And what you have to do is like if you're if you're selling maintenance products to the aerospace industry to somebody that's repairing airplanes. You want to make sure that if the guy's out there and he's using a half-inch wrench, that half-inch wrench is back before that plane takes off. Because what if he accidentally left it somewhere? In an engine. Right. right. Wherever it could be. So we actually have a system that um, that checks to make sure that every single tool, oh, really? and it's like that plane cannot leave the center until all of those tools are put exactly back where they're supposed to go. And it actually uses like a computerized laser system in order to detect and make sure that all of those tools are back. It's pretty, it's a pretty interesting system the way that it works. Here's a case in point. I'm sure if you're laying on an operating table and a doctor's cut your chest wide open and he's got the whole tray of tools wouldn't you like to oh, yeah. know that that tool went back in the same spot? And that happens. I a, know a it lot, does. A lot more than people realize. I, I know. I know I know of somebody that actually had 
like a sponge left inside of them. Right. Isn't that disgusting? It's it's crazy. I mean, th- this is part of 5S methodology. And, you know, they should have, they should look at their tray of tools before they start the surgery and after to make sure everything has gone back in place to make sure it's not in the patient's body before they sew them up. So we can, we, we can find all kinds of analogies. Examples, but, exactly. Um, and so set in order. I know that because um, you've talked to me about this, when your machinists start a job, you expect them to make sure that they have all of their tools set in order and everything is ready to go and they're not coming to you an hour later saying, hey, I'm out of XYZ and, you know, because I know that, irritates you (laughs) it drives me nuts because you want to make sure they've set everything in order and make sure that everything is arranged so it could easily be used exactly it's just being efficient and that's what 5s is all about um shine i thought this one was kind of interesting clean your workplace on a daily basis completely or set a cleaning frequency so we used to have a rule that at, at Car Machine that at 10 minutes before the end of your workday, everyone shuts down, cleans the machines up, all the chips get blown off from the top of the CNC, everything gets put back into an orderly fashion, and then, we see, we were doing 5S and we didn't even know what we were doing. And then, especially in the summer months, the WD-40, I want you to spray your entire workplace that anything steals, especially your tabletop, your vices, and your workpiece that it's you're leaving in the CNC overnight or over the weekend. Just put a light layer of WD-40 over the entire surface so it doesn't rust by the time you come in and, and see it. It's just, it, it, makes, it makes it shine, mm-hmm. and it just, it just creates a better, more efficient working environment yeah and it, and it makes it so somebody that maybe isn't even working there knows it should know what's going on if that area is is clean and it's easy for you know the workspace to be inspected it's easy to know that they're following a process i mean i think that yeah shining is very is very important i mean people come to my shop all the time and they're like wow it's amazing everything is sorted in the right spot set in the right order there's not like junk standing all over the place and and, and our place does shine i mean i know you've said that to us before and everybody always says it it. They're like wow you're, it you're so organized and i've been in competitors of ours where they're not organized they're a mess right. and you know it makes a difference it really does it really does. And here's one bullet under shine that I wanted to highlight because I didn't realize. When in place, anyone not familiar to the environment must be able to detect any problems within 50 feet in five seconds. So if a fellow worker or a peer is across the shop within 50 feet and looks over like you and I are in the shop, we're both on CNCs, and I look over at you, and I see that your area is not shining, I have to be able to detect that within five seconds and tell you. So That's I, good. And it's good to have that kind of communication yeah. with your with your coworkers. So what's the fourth S? Standardize. Standardize. What do you think that means, Jason? Um I, I'm sure that it's just making sure that, you know, everybody has a process they go through. Everybody has, you know, some kind of um book of standards that they have i mean we're 
as, as a company, we're very process oriented because we do, you know, a high volume of transactions. And so I know how important it is to make sure that you're not recreating the wheel every single time that you do something. Absolutely. I mean, that's very important. I'm all about routine. I love right. routine. It, it, maintain high standards in workplace organization at all times. Maintain orderliness. Maintain everything in order and according to its standard. Everything is in the right place, and every process has a standard. So when I think about that in my own shop, I think you come in, you power the machine up, you home it out, you review your workplace, you make sure the machine should be clean because you cleaned it up before you went home 10 minutes before. It's ready to go. I personally liked to power up and turn the spindle on a low RPM to run it for about five minutes while I went and got my coffee just to get that spindle warmed up because in the winter months, you come in, the shop's pretty cold. You want that spindle warmed up, running it around 500 to 1,000 RPM for about five minutes to get it going, to get the oil flowing through the system. And then the typical standardization of how you approach machining a job, how you're going to program it, what tools you're going to use, that has to be a consistent and concise standard every single time. Last S, sustain, kind of what we were just talking about, not have it harmful to anyone, also translates as do without being told, perform regular audits. Now, one thing I like about 5S is it is not a formal audited certification where you don't have to bring in auditors from the outside. And This is just a, to me it sounds like this is just a, um, kind of part of your culture if, if you're is. if you're a, if you're a 5s a lean culture this is just something that you do on a regular basis kind of like what you said before where you expect your machinist to clean their workspace down and get it prepped for the night before yeah and you can take it and i guess we can get into the reasons why i really like this and the reason why we're going to actually try to get this in place in the very near future. Well, it's, probably... it's, it's kind of interesting because it sounds like you already do a lot of it. And I actually, I already do a lot of it. I give a lot of credit to my dad. I mean, he, he like has five S Zangers without knowing anything about that for as long as he's been here. And, you know, he's really ingrained that into our team to make sure that we do all these things in order to have a productive, profitable business that, you know, he and, and all the rest of us can be proud of. And so we've done this without, like you said, um, without even being aware of it. But it would be nice to even take it to the next level, I think is what you're saying. Oh, there's so many things you can do. It's, you know, uh, I, I know when I went to uh, Weagle Toolworks and uh, some other companies that I've seen it, they, they actually tape out the floor where the garbage can has to go. Or at the end of the day, they tape out where the tool cart needs to be parked or you know all those they're so simple but yet once you implement it and start utilizing it you really start seeing the efficiencies start amping up it's it's amazing yeah well we and it's not cost no we we do we do that here a little bit so we've got 10 pallet jacks and uh, and dollies and 10 carts that we use. Well, all of those carts and all of those dollies, they all have labels on them. So this one goes here, this one, and they all, so we know this cart goes in this location, this cart goes in that location. And it's kind of funny because we had a situation where we had a, a, um, a dolly that was supposed to be in this department and it wasn't there. <laughs> one of my guys, one of my managers was like, you know, where the 
heck? You know, where the heck is that thing? Well, it was being used at the time. So, you know, he's used to everything being in its right spot in that taped off area because we do that sort of thing. And, and you, know you know what else that why that helps? What if you hired somebody new? Mm-hmm. They don't know. Right. But if it's labeled and it's marked. It makes it easier to train. Exactly. Yeah, it goes back just to. Just like yeah. I, I hired a new office manager uh, about four or five months ago. She's going through my office and she's. The, what she's done is she's relabeling everything. I mean, down to the really micro, but let me tell you, already I'm seeing big changes in in the flow of the way things in my office are going. So it's it's it it doesn't necessarily have to be in your shop. It can be in your administrative too. Yeah, I mean, you could take it to like the level that maybe I would say it probably doesn't need to be taken where you have you know, the soap in your bathroom labeled where it's yes, supposed to go, that, yeah. and you have a sign-up that says this is how you wash your hands. But <laughs> I mean, you could. You could, I, I but I think it gets a little out of hand at this what point. What benefit would there be? I, I'm, I'm not saying that there is. That's, yeah. that's my whole point. But I've seen that before in places where they were like, this is where the soap goes in the bathroom, and this is how you wash your hands. And, and you know, there's a, I guess there's a benefit to that, but there's, you know, maybe some point to where it's like, well, there should be some things that are just obvious. So so why yeah why do you like five? Why do I, well first first and foremost I, I love it that it doesn't you don't it's not costly, you don't have to have an auditor come in. It doesn't cost you you know three thousand dollars to hire this third party auditor to come in and and look and see that you're doing things right. It's simple to start. You go at your own pace. It doesn't have to be done. You know you can set your own goals for where you want to be in three months, six months, nine months, but at the end of the day. If you don't make it, you know, no one's going to cry or you're not going to get pinged or your auditor's not going to get mad at you. And then you can make it your own. That's the last thing I like about it. You can do whatever you want. If you want to get down to labeling your where the soap dispenser goes, you can. If right. You if you want to take crazy, it to that level, you can. Right. Uh, that's why when I say make it your own, that's exactly what I mean. You can push it to whatever level you feel is appropriate. Um but at the at the end of this, I just want to say to make it work successfully, you must train your staff and be consistent in its uses. I mean, that is the utmost thing that has to be, you know, reiterated all the time. You've got to train the staff, make sure they're doing it, because if you tell them what to do and a week later they're not doing it, you know, if they're pulling a, a half-inch adjustable wrench out of the spot that it's supposed to be in, and then a week later you say, where's the half-inch adjustable Or they're leaving wrench? their bench dirty yeah. and not cleaning it up. And, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. You, you. you have to enforce those standards. Just like with your values, this is, you know, kind of goes along with that. You have to be able to enforce this type of a culture. Absolutely. Did I educate you today, Jason? No, I, I, you did. I, I think I definitely learned something. And, and, you know, I'm proud to say that we've been running our company like with a 5S, 5S but I think yeah. that we could do it better. Right. And um, I, I'm definitely going to take some notes. I might even, you know, during another one of our company meetings, might talk about this and, yeah. and tell people how we should be doing this. Um, I guess my only questions would be, you know, how do you make, you know, I understand the training and the consistency, but like how else do you make sure you implement this correctly? Well, there's a lot of free information online to do this. Okay. 
And of course, you can pay to have somebody come in. And if there's anybody out there in the metalworking nation, any manufacturing leaders that really understand 5S and can do this well and have some feedback for us. I love it. Um, we'd love, love it. to hear back from them. We'd love to get that feedback. We'd love to see how it's you know, changed your company, how it's you know, um, taken you to the next level, and maybe any advice that you have for um, implementing this into your culture. Excellent idea, Jason. Thank you for adding that. Since it is kind of like coming up on the new year, you know, and I would say in the next four weeks, we're going to be in 2017, I want to share with the listeners all the new exciting things that are upcoming for the new year. So we're going to start a new marketing series with our good friend, Julie Poulos. Yes. I don't know how often we're going to be having those, but we're, we're going to be having her on as um, a reoccurring VIP guest because... A lot of our listeners, it seems, is very interested in marketing, especially manufacturing. Marketing. Yeah, I, th I think it's a huge void in the manufacturing industry that everybody's like, you know, I need to learn about this whole marketing things because I need to draw more customers in because it seems like every conversation that I have with a manufacturing leader about sales, it's always I'm too busy or I don't have any orders. And, and I never hear anything like oh, things are just moving really smoothly, you know, up and to the right. You know, you, you never hear that. You always hear it's, you know, feast or famine. And so I think having some Honest good key marketing help and trying to level out that growth and maybe get the right customers in as opposed to sometimes feasting on, on the wrong customers. And then when they go away, then you're in famine. So I think that having Julianne is going to be great. And I, I believe that we're going to be trying to get her on making chips rotation once a month. Yeah, that's, I think that's the goal. Yes. Um, also, I want to share with the listeners that they may be happy to hear that we're going to reboot the Make and Elevate Leadership Series. Oh, we are. We are great. You know that. Yeah, we should we should talk about that a little bit. We so, should. so I ahead. think I think that this was I, I still believe it, this is a is a great idea to bring manufacturing leaders together to learn from each other to implement best practices to hold each other accountable to really be there like a like a band of brothers and sisters. I think that maybe Jim and I took some missteps in the way that we put it together at the last minute. I think that that was probably one of our bigger mistakes. And then we also, um, I think coordinating with IMTS. Mistakes? Well, I do, but yeah. you know, I like to learn from them. Um, and I think also coordinating with um, IMTS was was maybe a little bit of a mess, misstep too. Not that it's IMTS's fault. It was an fault. ambitious It was ambitious. Test. Yeah, it, it was, was just, an there was too test. much going on at the time. Right. So um, we're going to reboot it in the future, like, like Jim said, and I believe that we're going to do it better. Oh, there is absolutely no question that it's going to be done better. Anyway, I'm, I'm super excited to bring back that leadership series. I think there's a lot of opportunity there for our listeners to learn and educate themselves. The whole concept of um, a mastermind really gets me excited. Uh, I know um, just the few times I've experienced them, it's really amped up my knowledge and uh, really brought people together. Absolutely, and it's, so, helped me, it's, it's helped Zangers get to the next level as well. Yeah. So you want to tell people how to get a hold of us in case they want to know about Julie, they want to know about more about 5S, they want to know more about Make and Elevate. I think that the best thing to do, if you have a question, call 312-725-0245 and leave us a message. We would love to feature you 
on the podcast. Ask us any question you have, anything that as a manufacturing leader is really bothering you and you want to get help from the metalworking nation in order to solve that problem. That's what we're here for. That's what this format is for. Not that Jim and I have the answer, but that we can get it for you. I agree. And that was well said, Jason. They can also go to makingchips.com and listen to the latest episodes. And um, one thing I have written down that I thought would be cool is if uh, the listeners would go to iTunes and give us a little review. That kind of helps a little bit as well. It kind of amps up the um, SEO as well. But uh, anyway, Jason, that is the end of our show. I'm glad to be back here with you in our studio and talking all good things about manufacturing and helping all those people around the country because someday they're going to say, hey, we need to do 5S. And I remember listening to Jim and Jason that one afternoon, and uh, it's great to be back. It is. Yeah. What does my dad always say? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam, bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. You gonna let me talk this up this episode? Are you gonna yeah. be cutting me off all the time? Uh, I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, because that's my brand. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> that's my brand. That's my brand. <laughs> Jim, define sedentary. And I know you did. Sedentary not, is just you're not even stable. saying it right. <laughs> sedentary. <laughs> you're not saying it right. Oh, then Ryan cut that out. <laughs> no, keep it in there. No, <laughs> maybe you could put it in the bloopers. <laughs>